Hello everyone, this is Captain Kevin Lanier and welcome to Fish On. Uh, we're coming to you today from the Port St. Joe, Mexico Beach, Florida area and we'd like to welcome you. Uh, we are with uh, KC Sport Fishing uh, Charter Operation located here in our area and uh, we just look forward to talking to you each week. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation uh, from last week, today, uh, just kind of segueing into uh, springtime fishing uh, offshore. Uh, we talked close to shore and near shore um, last episode, but today we're going to talk a little bit more about offshore springtime fishing. Uh, current conditions uh, in our area, it is the uh, beginning the second week of March, and the wintertime pattern is fading away. Uh, we're starting to see early springtime conditions. However, I think we're going from 80 degrees uh, yesterday to 24 tomorrow night. So uh, if we don't all get sick, uh, we'll be doing really well. Uh, red fishing uh, is still good, although it has slowed a little bit. Uh, people are catching uh, trout and flounder in the area. Uh, Pompano are still a little slow to make their show for the year, but uh, that's coming real soon. I think once this uh, colder weather is out of our area, that will pick up. Um, but for those of you guys who love to offshore fish and love to get out there and uh, hook into some big fish, uh, we're getting into that time frame. Uh, but uh, as far as we go, um, usually March 1st, uh, indicates the beginning of a number of seasons for us. Uh, like I talked about last time, uh, we finished that fog pattern of uh, three to five days in a row. Uh, so we are seeing reports of Spanish showing up, and I mean Spanish mackerel. Uh, so that will be a concerted effort on a lot of people's parts over the next few weeks. Um, I like to smoke uh, Spanish mackerel, so when I get them, I put them in the freezer, and in the fall, I will do some smoking. But uh, one of the big things that kicks off over here first of March is triggerfish. And uh, I know uh, you guys that are on the east coast of Florida, you laugh because triggerfish are uh, common uh, sites at uh, your docks. But uh, here we get very short season, and, you know, for some reason, the government has decided that the limit on triggerfish needs to be one per person and a uh, minimum length of 15 inches to the fork of the tail. I don't understand it. I don't know what the basis of that is, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, but triggerfish, uh, a lot like sheep's head, and um, those type of fish have very hard mouths. Uh, triggerfish have a very small mouth. Uh, but we have caught them on the same hooks that we grouper and snapper fish with. Um, a 15-inch uh, triggerfish is a nice fish. Uh, good fight, especially on a light rod. Uh, we use um, squid as our main bait for triggerfish. Uh, although I will tell you, anything you put down there will get a triggerfish. Uh, and no matter what size, I've caught um, a triggerfish on live baits where they have... Uh, got a hold of the hook attacking the live bait, and um, you wonder how in the world it was ever going to eat that. But a good way to tell triggerfish around if you're using live bait or whole baits is they will eat the bellies out of them. 
Uh, so you can look and see that, and if that bait's uh, torn up that way, triggerfish are usually what's getting to you. Um, but they're excellent table fare, very white, uh, clean meat, uh, a little tough to clean. Um, there's a little learning curve to cleaning a triggerfish to make it easy, uh, but a uh, real favorite dish is triggerfish ceviche for us, or pan fry it um, in a little bit of uh, breading makes outstanding uh, dinner. Uh, also, this time of year is um, beeliner season. And when I talk about beeliners, that's known locally uh, for the name for uh, vermilion snapper, which is a little cousin of a red snapper. Um, they usually run anywhere from half a pound. I think the biggest one we've ever landed weighed six pounds. Uh, again, excellent to eat. Um, you can take your family, your kids out, and uh, have a blast catching uh, beeliners. Um, they look a lot like a red snapper for those of you who don't uh, fish around here a lot, but they're a lot more cylindrical, and uh, they have a very red eye, so uh, that always gives it away. Um, we make fish tacos out of those. Um, really, really good. Uh, fish for them the same way that we do the trigger fish. Um, small pieces of squid. And when I'm talking small, I'm talking about a little piece of squid that'll fit on the end of your finger. If you laid it on your fingerprint, uh, it would just cover that. And I had a uh, friend of mine uh, teach me that a few years ago. Uh, you'll catch more trigger fish, or sorry, you'll catch more, well, either one, uh, vermilion snapper uh, with a smaller bait than you will a larger bait. Uh, when you get offshore further out into the depths of a couple to 300 feet, um, those beeliners will get bigger and they will bite those same larger baits that you're using for other fish. Uh, but if you can always keep a double stacked uh, rig ready and down, uh, if there are vermilions and triggerfish around, uh, they will eat that. <clears throat> uh, shrimp and squid excellent baits for both of those. Um, they will attack it if they're in the area. Uh, I don't think anything will beat a triggerfish to the hook, maybe a red snapper, but uh, needless to say, it makes for a fun day on the water. Uh, keep your rod and reels light. Um, that'll make the fight a lot of fun versus uh, some of your heavier gear after uh, when you're going after red snapper and grouper. Um, keep a light rod down. I love to, uh, when we have younger kids on the boat uh, for charters, uh, I give them one of those chicken rigs, and that's what they fish with pretty much all day, and uh, they do get tired of catching fish, which is uh, a lot of fun for them. Uh, black snapper, as we know them here in the Gulf, uh, mangrove snapper in the Keys and on the uh, east coast of Florida, uh, those are always around but seem to uh, start firing up this time of year. To me, the absolute best bait uh, for a black snapper or mangrove snapper is a small live pinfish uh, on a no-weighted flat line uh, just out drifting around the boat. Um, activities going on, you're catching fish, you're bringing fish up, um, put some chum in the water. Uh, those black snapper will come up. Uh, the majority of the fish, and I would say probably 90% of the black snapper that we catch uh, are up in the water column. They are not on the bottom. Occasionally, we'll get one on the bottom, but 
like I said, probably 90% of those we catch are in the water column, uh, even as shallow as you can see them when they take the bait uh, or down, say, uh, 15 to 20 feet. Uh, that's where they kind of hang out. Um, I had a friend of mine uh, give me a call the other day, and they got a 28-inch uh, black snapper. I mean, we're borderline Cabrera snapper at that point. But, so that was exciting. Uh, I haven't seen a picture of it yet, but uh, needless to say, uh, I do believe this person, and uh, I bet that was a lot of fun, especially when he realized what it was. Uh, cobia are around. Uh, I'm a firm believer that a lot of the nearshore cobia are caught and gone. Uh, so most of the cobia that I'm seeing are in the offshore um, shallow wrecks, um, shallow structure uh, not along the beach, um, but these guys are around. They'll surprise you. Uh, normally, we're fishing for other species and a school of cobia from two to uh, ten fish will come around the boat. Always good to have a rod and reel ready with a cobia uh, jig or an artificial eel uh, rigged and ready to go because by the time you realize they're there, you only have a couple of minutes to get a bait out to them. Uh, once you hook one up, uh, hang on. They are ferocious fighters. And I try to warn everyone that when you catch a cobia and you're getting ready to gaff that fish, uh, that is one fish that will go absolutely nuts on the gaff. Uh, it will start bucking and spinning. And my suggestion is gaff that fish, get it in the boat, and then let it do its thing until it's done. Um, we keep an attitude adjuster on the boat, which I call a little uh, dead blow uh, plastic hammer with sand in it. Uh, that often helps uh, neutralize uh, those fish with attitudes when they get on the boat. Uh, but cobia, uh, some, one of the best dishes I've ever had was cobia fish and chips uh, down at the Isla Mirada Fish Company uh, just outside of Isla Mirada. Uh, outstanding to eat. Uh, but I think we've done a... Um, a disservice to the nearshore cobia. I don't think the uh, uh, the runs are there like they used to be. Uh, most of them are moved further offshore and in deeper water, I believe. So we will just see how that goes over time. Um, red snapper and grouper. Uh, grouper opens in our area um, east of the line uh, about Cape Sandblast over toward Apalachicola, uh, Carabelle. Uh, that area normally opens around the first part of May for uh, gag grouper. Um, and then the area to the west, which is just south of us, it doesn't open until June 1st. So if you want to go out and keep uh, gag grouper, uh, start planning your trip uh, in June. Got a lot of guys that operate out of Apalachicola, and um, you know they will take you out and go fishing. Um, you cannot leave from Mexico Beach and Port St. Joe, go over there and fish and come back to uh, Port St. Joe and Mexico Beach. Uh, that's uh, against the rules. You have to catch those fish in the area that they're legally open and also land, bring those fish on shore in the area that is open. So make sure you know the rules before you head out. <clears throat> but another thing I want to say about red snapper and grouper is you're going to catch them uh, during the closed season and during the spring. But what I do ask 
that everybody consider doing is don't target them. Uh, don't go out there with the intent of catching them using live bait. Uh, if you catch them on jigs, things like that, you tend to mouth hook them really easily. But uh, they do engulf the uh, live baits, even though we're using circle hooks. Uh, I hate to see those uh, fish uh, get killed, especially the big breeders. And, uh, you know, we can talk for days about the political climate and protecting fish and not protecting fish. But I think we can do our part by not targeting those fish when it's closed. Um, one thing I did forget was amberjack. Amberjack normally opens up uh, sometime in the spring. Uh, sometimes we never know until a couple of weeks or a month early uh, before that happens. Uh, those amberjack, um, they are ferocious. Uh, I will take live bait and uh, float those shallow, um, and those amberjack will come up and hit them. Uh, my warning about an amberjack is have a rod with backbone and a reel that's got a good drag, because when you hook that amberjack, he is going for the structure. He will take you into the structure every time. So if you are not prepared, I've actually changed brands of reels because one brand uh, that I won't mention could not stop that amberjack in a full drag mode and um, uh, the other one did so we swapped over um, but amberjack are fun um, not as good table fare uh, they are uh, wormy if they get real big but uh, there's still plenty of meat on those fish to cut off and eat uh, right fresh out of the water is pretty good doesn't have a lot of flavor uh, some people smoke them some people do other uh, dishes with amberjack as a filler so but needless to say, there's a lot of opportunities in the spring uh, to get out and go fishing. Uh, watch your weather. Uh, weather's always a factor around here. But uh, I appreciate you joining me today. And uh, don't forget to like us and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, please send your comments and uh, suggestions for shows to uh, kcsportfishing.com slash podcast. And as always, we keep you updated on Facebook, uh, Instagram, our YouTube channel. Anytime that you're looking for information, don't hesitate to contact us. Even our email address is kcsportfishing at gmail.com. So in next, until next time, we look forward to talking to you and I hope you have a great day.